0: hello and welcome to the local leaders podcast i'm your host jeff johnson the local leaders podcast provides a platform for successful business owners to share their stories their experiences their advice and their ideas in order to help our listeners achieve more success in their business and in their lives get ready another great show is coming up Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Local Leaders Podcast. This is Jeff Johnson. I'm your host today, and I am excited today to bring you someone all the way from Nebraska uh, who actually has a. Uh, came a whole lot further. This is Beth Joka, and the, his restaurant is Florio's Italian Restaurant and Grill. And welcome, Beth. We're glad to have you here, and thanks for being on the show. Well, thank you, Jeff. Thank you for having me, in, and I'm very excited to be part of the show as well. Well, we're thrilled to have you because we we love talking to restaurateurs and entrepreneurs um, who have, have kind of been there and done that. And and what I'd love to do to start the show is is just have you tell us a little bit about Florios and kind of your history and and how you got started and anything else that you might want to share about the about the business.
1: Well, well, yep, I'll be more than happy to uh, to share that. So, Florios, uh, as you get out, like the name Florios is actually a name of a person who started the restaurant. When the restaurant started, I was not part of it, even though I did know the guys that started it. Mm-hmm. So he has been in Lincoln for about eight years now. And I have been the owner of it the past five years, maybe a little bit more than five years. So the guys that started it, there was two of them. Uh, one of them left kind of right away within the first six months. He just decided to do some other stuff. And the other guy, which uh, whose name was Florio, he... He stayed with it for a little bit and then i came along well yeah then i came along and uh, took over for the first guy that left and you know i just saw the potential of it and i saw um some ways that i could improve it and do some things a little bit differently than how they were done in the past at first i started as a hostess and i moved into serving and then eventually i uh, took over the business so
0: So you're a real story from the the ground up. You kind of came, it's it's like starting as a dishwasher and, uh, you know, almost and moving all the way up through the business.
1: Yes, that's true. And then actually when they they moved locations, so when they moved to this location where it is now, I actually did uh, help quite a bit moving stuff, you know, like all the cooking equipment and uh, tables and all that for a little bit. I never saw myself as, you know, becoming a restaurant owner, but here I am now.
0: Yeah. And then what, five years later, too, or five short. Yes. Where you said you've had it for yes. five years. So, yeah. Yes. yes so well, that's a great is. that that's a great story. Well, that that makes that kind of leads me to a question because I'm wondering um, if, you know, for someone who's maybe not had a ton of restaurant experience or even if they have, um, you know, would you recommend that they they start at the bottom kind of and work their way up? And how did that help you in, in taking over the business?
1: Oh, that I mean, there's like benefits and challenges to it because, you know, starting you know as like starting as a hostess, I did get to learn some things that probably I would not have get to learn uh, if I would have started as a business owner right away. Right. So I get I got my hands into the basic stuff, which you know like throughout the way for small businesses like you know like the one that I have, sometimes it's tough to have all the information because we don't have the capital. You know, starting a small restaurant, unlike some chains, we don't have the capital to have everything kind of figured out beforehand. So we just have right. to learn as, you know, as we're working. So if you start as an owner, sometimes you might start with the wrong mindset, you know, saying that I just gotta tell people what to do. And sometimes you don't know what people need. So right. you know, starting as a hostess, moving to serving, bartending. I, I also worked in the back cooking. I've basically had to learn everything. And now that I'm kind of, I'm not doing any of them full time. I'm just helping a little bit everywhere. This right. gives me a better perspective to know, you know what, what's needed at each position.
0: Yeah, well, I think that's that's valuable input because when you're when you're there on the front lines, you you learn pretty quick, you know what it takes to do that job, and so it probably help helps you in selecting, you know, new employees for those positions, and um, you just you just kind of really understand what's going on. So I applaud you for being able to come in as the hostess, and and suddenly no time no time has passed, and you're now the owner of a a, a great yeah. restaurant.
1: Yeah, thank you. We have. It has been fun and challenging, you know. There's, uh, yeah. there's some good and bad times, just like I would say any other business.
0: Yeah, well, well tell, tell me real quick, you, just give me a quick uh, rundown on the, the, the restaurant itself, type of food, um, you know, what days you are open, all that kind of good stuff for the, the folks that are nearby that maybe haven't tried you yet.
1: Yeah, definitely. So um, we're open, we were actually open seven days a week, but Monday through Thursday, we do not open. We open at uh, 4 o'clock, and we close the kitchen at 8.30. And Friday, Saturday, uh, we open at 11 a.m. until 9.30. And then Sunday, we open at 11 a.m. until uh, 8.30. Yeah. And we do our more specialized on, or with, the main thing that we serve is pasta dishes with Italian food, mostly pasta dishes. We recently added pizza into our menu because we, we added pizza during COVID only a takeout and we got some pretty good feedback. So we added that in Armenia as well, but still people like to stick with our pasta dishes. We do cook uh, each order. We cook each, which, each meal to order. So we don't have any, well, besides lasagnas, which you have to get them ready ahead of time.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, but we do pride ourselves on to you know, delivering fresh food
0: that's that's awesome. I, I am a pasta fan. I love my carbs and um, you know shrimp and pasta and yeah. chicken and pastas and and I, I'm an angel hair pasta kind of kind of guy. Yeah, that's that's the one I okay. like.
1: Okay. Yes, we do have that in as well, and that's probably one of our most popular pastas.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's awesome. Well, thank you for sharing a little bit about the restaurant, and and like I said, it's good for people who uh, I'm sure. When maybe not everybody in town has tried it yet or those from out of town, but, uh, you know, the few that haven't been there yet over the years, um, please get down to Florio's and and have a wonderful meal with Bess as soon as possible. They're waiting for you.
1: <laughs> yes, we always are. Yeah, and, know I...
0: I'm sorry I interrupted you. I was just going to say, you, you know, you mentioned something interesting uh, about adding pizza during COVID. And, um, and I've talked to a lot of owners, you know, about how they coped with and dealt with the the COVID, you know, the pandemic. And were were you guys, I'm not familiar with, with uh, Nebraska, exactly the the laws, but how long were you guys shut down or were you shut down?
1: So our dining room was shut down for, I would say three months, maybe Mm -hmm. a little bit over three months, but we were never fully shut down. So we were able to do takeout, which was, it was great that, that uh, that helped us quite a bit. I mean, would have been really tough without it. But
0: yeah, we no. were
1: not fully shut down, so we're thankful that at least we could have, we could do takeout during those times.
0: Well, that was a you know that that was an adaptation. You you had to adapt to survive, probably. Um,
1: yes, yes, it was, and you know, I um, I moved. I would say quick as soon as I learned that you know things are going to be shut down. As soon as I realized that everything was gonna be uh, takeout, take out, our dining room, as soon as I realized that our dining room was gonna be closed, which you know there was there was ninety-nine uh, percent of our business before COVID, we did have some takeout, but nothing that we really counted on. So right, right away I uh, updated the website, I made uh, online ordering available, and I think that was probably the best step I took those first uh first week. Well that and there was that was uh that was very important because you know, we have one one line, and, mm-hmm. you know, if you have one line, there's very hard to take multiple orders at a time, whereas, you know, online, multiple people could have just gone online at the same time and placed order in. So. Right,
0: right, right. Yeah, that, that was a good move, and a lot of people kind of hesitated and waited and, um you know, didn't immediately make that change, and it really hurt because you – um I mean, when it shut down, it shut down. <laughs> yes,
1: yes, um, yes.
0: Yeah, it was just
1: was was uh as I said, like we'll stop Like there were people calling throughout the whole day and people were like, Well, I've been waiting on the line for you know thirty yeah. minutes. I'm like, I'm sorry, we just have one line. There is no we yeah. just we can just talk one person at a time.
0: But, yeah, exactly. But the online ordering made a big difference in that in that case. Yes, be, it did. Um, it did. And did you do curbside pickup as well or Yes, we did. Yeah. We did. We and did do was, curbside pickup. But that was a change, probably for you as well, trying to um, trying to figure out the logistics around it. I know a lot of a lot of owners I talked to. It was you know logistically, it's it, it was just difficult to to try to figure that out and get the traffic flowing through and figure out how to how to know who ordered what. And
1: um, yep, the, we did face quite a bit of that. Where you know we just have where where we put out our dishes, like you just have an area filled with. All kinds of different process and you know once they are closed and it's just a little bit hard to figure out what's what's in what and it just slows everything down. So yeah, we did go through a learning curve, but once we figured it out, once we got better at it, dining room open. So now you know the takeout is not the same as before, like as it was during COVID. Just a right. little bit more than before COVID, but not you know, it has slowed quite a bit.
0: Yeah, but but it but still now you got two. Two business models, kind of going with you know, you got the in house or um, in inside dining in, and you got the the off premises or takeout food. So, uh,
1: congratulations
0: and kudos to well, you guys you. for adapting. Thank you. Hey, let me let me ask you, and and this one might make you have to think for a second, and that, and that's fine. And and okay, you know, our our guests, uh, our guests, our listeners, you know, love to hear about uh, how business owners. Uh, who've been successful, you know, some of the challenges that maybe they faced during their ownership, but was there one or two things that outside of COVID, because I know COVID was a challenge, yes. you know, what else keeps you up at night or is challenging in terms of, of owning a restaurant? What, what, what's your kind of biggest thing?
1: Well, I mean, I'm sure it's all different for everyone. I would say so, you know, some people, there's times where you're worried about, you know, the restaurant staffing, you know, like there is, you know, recently, so we use tablecloths or, you know, we put tablecloths on our, all our tables. Mm -hmm. And that's why, that's a pretty important feature of our dining experience. And recently our uh, Lena company, they had a fire. So now Mm -hmm. we have been out with tablecloths for, for uh, I would say almost three weeks and you know, that's kinda of worrisome because you don't know what other people are thinking. You know, like a new guest can come in and be like, Well, this place is down the hill, now they move the linen cloud, like <laughs> you don't know what the what a person. <laughs> so something like that, you know, would definitely like keep you worried, keep you up at night. Which those challenges they come and go, you know, they come, they get sold, they go. But the main thing that I usually worry most about is just balancing, you know, home life and uh, work life. Yeah. Uh, that's that seems to be, you know, like, as I said, other challenges, you are short couple of employees. You're worried for, you know, a week, two weeks until you get that figured out Then, obviously there is, you know, there is no day that I expect that I'm going to wake up and I'm going to have no challenges. I right. will probably have a very boring day. So I'm, I'm pretty much basically prepared that. I know that every day there's going to be a problem that I would need to solve
0: yeah well but
1: that, the main
0: thing yeah I'm, I'm sorry i interrupted you again i, I didn't mean to do that well, just, No, that's fine. i was just gonna go back to that work-life balance piece how, how are you handling it because that's the biggest problem with restaurant owners is they have no life so many of them
1: yes yeah so how, how are you honored,
0: yeah how are you doing it
1: oh uh, right now i have sort of found a balance i mean there is never you know perfect balance i um uh, in the beginning, like the first couple of years I was here, you know, open to close every day, you know, and uh, I got married the first the first year that I became the restaurant owner, which which was fine then, you know, my my uh, wife, she was a teacher, she had been teaching for a couple of years, but she's still in the process of, you know, figuring things out, so she worked on her job, I worked with mine in the evening, she would just come and hang out at the restaurant, do her school work while I did my work, and you know, we found a balance, you know, being able to see each other. But then we had, once we had a kid, that everything changed. So, <laughs> yeah. yes, because, yeah. you know, you, you don't want to bring a newborn at the restaurant to hang out with you. So, yeah. But I have been, you know, I've been able to stay home for about three, four times a week, most weeks, not every week. There is weeks that I'm here every day. There is weeks that I might come one day. It just... Yeah, depends on staffing, which lately I'm sure other business owners we have talked to, I'm sure they're struggling with it just like any yeah. other place.
0: Yeah, well, staffing has been the number, really probably the, from what I've heard, the number one problem, you know, of course, right now is all across the, the U.S. is staffing and yes. not, enough, not enough people who want to go to work. And um, it's uh, it's a challenge and, and owners have approached that in different ways. Some have cut back their hours some have cut days out of the schedule, you know, rather than seven days a week. Now, you know, they close Monday or Tuesday or both.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um,
0: so there's, you know, different ways to try to overcome that problem, but it, but it's still there. But the fact that you're able to create some work life balance, I'm thinking that you must have at least a couple of good, solid dependable leaders or, or, uh, workers that you count on is that yes is yes that I do
1: I, I yes that's that's uh I do like at the back of the house I have two people that have been working here for more than three years about three and a half years now and they're pretty reliable they are always on time they're always performing well and same in the the front of the house I do have few people that all uh, step up when is needed and another approach that I take, which uh, like I'm sure, it will make a lot of restaurant owners cringe, is first I get a new employee and I trust them hundred percent. Every new employee I get, my first instinct is to trust them because if I if I if I cannot trust them, then we we'll just and they they shouldn't be there. There is times where I get disappointed and that you know you just have to let the person go. But if they're gonna work here, I'll let them basically handle things on their own. Mm-hmm. Just tell them that I'm here to help you, not do your job, not um, tell you every second what you need to do. You made a mistake. I, I make more mistakes than anybody should make. So I just realize that, you no, know, those are things that are gonna happen. Some guests, like when there is a mistake, some guests understand and some don't, which me being over uh, employees have constantly is not gonna change the guest perspective. What I try to tell them is just take any moment, whether good or bad, and turn it into a good moment. You know, when I have served, some of the best customers that have, well, some of the most loyal loyal customers that have been coming back, they, it has happened through a mistake that I made. I made a wow. mistake. I just made the good point of making sure that, you know, take care of it in the moment. Just tell them, like, own up to the mistake and make it up to them. And a lot of time, people, you know, they do understand that things happen, but if you do the right thing, then it just makes them feel even bad. Well, it makes them feel good that, you know, they're being understood and acknowledged and not just, uh, it's right. not that employees just being scolded because they made a mistake. It's, the point is to just make it up, make it right to the customer.
0: I mean, you're exactly right. And it sounds like you're, you're uh, so often you, when you read books and things, you see all these leadership styles and uh, all this stuff about leadership and, and, you know, your style is, is, probably a lot more like mine actually. in in that, you know, we don't want to tell people how to do their jobs and give them, you know, every step of the way we, we hire people that are smart and, you know, smart enough to be able to know that yes. how to do what they're doing and you just expect them to do it. And, um, and, you know, but, you know, the challenge is, is making sure that they have initiative and um, that they're going to, take ownership. Yeah, I think that's the hardest yeah. thing is getting employees to take that same level of ownership is, that you have and, yes. and feel that themselves. And if you can get that with your employees and you have you have done something special, And it sounds like you've kind of done that.
1: Oh, uh, well, at, at some level. Like what yeah. I have realized is if you give people, if you um, give people freedom, for the most part, most of the people are going to take it, are going to take pride in it. And they are just going to own up to their actions, which, you know, obviously what it comes down to, what I believe is, you know, we just want personal freedom and nobody appreciates somebody telling you what to do at every second. And, you know, at least myself, I work better when I'm the one just uh, doing the thing, fix it by mistakes or just, uh, you know, doing the right thing rather than for myself, rather than doing it because somebody else is telling me that. That's what you yeah. need to do, and I believe that everybody, most of the people at least you know thrive on that as well
0: well and and I like what you said about trusting people and and I've known some some folks who are exactly the opposite they don't trust people to begin with, and you have to earn their trust right so that's yes, kind of the, yes, the opposite I, side but but it but it's interesting is and where I was going with that is that you know, the, the way that you kind of handle that, you, you, you're trusting people, you're enabling, enabling them to do their job. They're kind of taking their own initiative and ownership. And that's what gives you the ability to have some work-life balance, I think.
1: Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. I mean, I do understand that as well. Yes. As I said, like when I first started the previous owners, like one of them, like I would hear stories from uh, other employees that were still here. Like he literally would because at that time, the restaurant was open seven days a week. 11 to 10, like he would get off work, sleep in his car. Even though he had a home, he would like sleep in his car outside the restaurant, just wake up, come right back in, you know. But it was like the kind of person that everything could be done differently in the sense that, you know, if you're filling a water glass one way, he would come and tell you, no, you got to fill it the other way. Yeah. Which, yeah, it's just like there are some people like that that just feel like they have to... Be involved with everything at all moments, and I, I I just cannot do that. This is not beneficial for anyone.
0: Yeah, and and you know, I I think the the advice here is that you know, for those those of you who are listeners who are business owners who are um, like so many people who you know have control issues, you know, they want to be in control or you want to be in control of everything. It's going to be very difficult for you to find any balance because you always have to be there. To control it that's, you know yes um so if you can if you can try to adapt your thinking a bit and and release some of that control to others um, yeah and then you've got a better chance anyway of finding some balance in your life and, and that's what we're we're about here we want you to succeed in business but we also want you to succeed in life and um they, ha- they have to work together so yes that's
1: that's i even in business you cannot you know if you were in the kitchen you cannot control what's happening in the front of the house and vice versa right so it's just even if you even if you spend all day in the restaurant it's still like that level of control is just impossible because you know you're one person and you can only be at one place at a time
0: yeah, so. they, well that's true and and, yes. and and especially can you imagine those those control and i don't mean this derogatory believe but the control yes. freaks that are out there can you imagine those with you know ten different locations, um, you know, oh, no. <laughs> they're trying to run all over the towns <laughs> yeah. and cities and, and yeah, keep yes. everything under no, control. Exactly. Well, it's it's great. Thank you for for sharing those thoughts. And and hey, I've, I got another question that um, a lot of people uh, email me or or ask me about periodically. And I started trying to ask a little bit uh, in okay. term in terms of your restaurant and 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 where I'm going with this is is how do you measure success you know what are you looking at in terms of are you looking at sales numbers are you looking at you know profits are you looking at cost cost of goods what are the what are the things you look at to determine whether or not you're you're running successfully
1: well i mean it's definitely sales numbers they that's that's the main thing that i look at The other thing is at the end of the month once we have paid all the bills we look at let's make sure that you know, this month you didn't work for free, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. So
1: just profit. Yes, that's um, sales and profit. Now I do keep a pretty, especially now when it comes to uh costs, because you know everything, especially um food supplies. They have the prices; they are just outrageous right now. Yeah. So yeah. that's one thing that I do look at different vendors. I actually pick pick up quite a bit of stuff myself just because, you know, like big companies like you know, Cisco, U.S. Foods, they just, they, their prices are just a little bit out of control at the moment. And, you know, to be honest, like I had just updated up, updated the menu and increased the prices by a little bit, but now I definitely have to do it again because it's just the food cost is running a little bit too high.
0: Yeah, so so you got to, especially now, and, and there's food shortages you know on different different products and different yeah. things which which is there is well at least supposedly just driving up prices i guess we'll never know for sure i know that's what i was telling my, yeah. my representative i'm like how, what
1: how are you guys like how do you think this is how do you think this is good for anyone like those those prices are triple what they were two months ago three months ago i cannot triple my prices yeah. in like two weeks that's but' yeah, hopefully yeah,
0: it's, it, it's tough and, and a little. Bit. And see, I'm always asking the question i have got a favorite place in in the I live in a small town and and we go to a uh, uh, a restaurant that's known for their wings. and you know they were experiencing a, a, have been experiencing a wing shortage uh, up yes. this way. And my question is, why do you not have wings, but you got chicken breasts running out of the out of the freezer? <laughs> <laughs> there's still the same number of chickens out there um yeah. and I, and, and I just don't quite get it but apparently there's a you know been a wing shortage and um and, and people are doing we even had one i heard one one restaurant advertising on the radio locally about instead of buffalo wings they were doing buffalo breasts
1: Oh really?
0: <laughs> yeah, they had they they had made the change and uh and got off the wing and, and went to the breast. And I'm sure it was food prices, you know, and availability. Yes, yes, you know it is. It's
1: food prices lately have been everything has has gone up, yeah. even stuff that you're like what really, but
0: yeah, and and some... you know what what do you see? Do your customers? Do you get feedback from customers on your pricing very often? Do, do they do they make statements to you about hey, why you keep going up on us?
1: I mean, I haven't gone up as much. So as I said, like I did, um, I I did a little bit of increase about two and a half, three months ago. But that was before things really jumped off the roof. Yeah. Um, so the plan is to update the menu. I should have had it updated now. But as I said, you know, try getting that work-life balance. You know, my my wife being a teacher, she has summer off, which means that you know I don't get to do and my we keep the kids for daycare at home during the right. summer. So that that just means I don't get to do a lot of work during the you know two summer months that they are home. Mm-hmm. Which you know, is perfectly fine because I enjoy my mornings with the kids. But um yeah I am kinda of curious to you know what's gonna happen once I increase the prices. I am sure people are gonna make make a comment about it. But
0: yeah well, so well some some will and, and most of us understand that everything yeah. else goes up too. I mean look at toilet paper. <laughs> it's, it's yes. uh, you know, it's way up there. I just bought a, a pack of that the other day at Walmart and it was like 16 bucks for a thing of toilet paper. So, yeah, I mean, that. I mean, we, we, we know it, but still yet there are always people who will complain about it, but it sounds like you're doing everything, yes. everything you can to try to minimize those, those passing those prices on. And that's what I'm hearing. You know, we're changing our menu. We're, we're taking a few items out of the menu. We're trying to make it simpler,
1: yeah, um, that's just, I mean th- there could be no end to it if everybody starts you know just increasing the prices, then that's uh yeah. where does it stop?
0: yeah, exactly so, exactly and so, yeah,
1: that's like part of it i that's that I go and you know actively like just go and pick up items myself rather than order everything and have it delivered. Mm-hmm. i uh, oh, it takes me some time, but. It is, you know, like you said, it's worth it not passing those prices if I can help it to
0: the yeah, customers. I actually made a note of that as a as a strategy of you know doing a little more local shopping yourself and and cutting out that that middleman and uh, yes. cutting out the the food distributor and um, and and getting what you can locally and picking it up yourself. And I mean that that's a good strategy. And I mean I'm sure it saves you several percent percentage points every time you do it.
1: It does. It does save quite a bit. Mm-hmm. It does, and also the the plus side of it is also that you're using uh fresh products instead of getting like big bolts of you know cucumbers or lettuce right. or uh, bell peppers. You get smaller amounts, which you you have to get them more often. But at the same time, every time you're cooking them, they are they are fresher. So yeah, that exactly. also adds to the you know increase the.
0: Food quality, the food quality and the, and the value and experience your customer is going to get when they, yes. when, they when they come in and and have uh, have have your food, uh, your meals. Let me ask you this: Are are you looking at? And I know, I know now is not a, a great time to think about growing or anything like that. Are you looking toward the future and thinking about doing anything um, with Florios in terms of expansion?
1: oh uh, I, I mean, I do. Think and not think about it. It just depends, you know. There's a lot of times where I uh I wake up in the morning, I drive to work. I'm a pessimist, and I drive back from work. I'm a optimist. Just, <laughs> you know, sometimes the, the day beats you down. But yeah. there is times where I do. And but for the moment, you know, just I have a one and a half year old and a three year old. And it just doesn't give me a lot of time to expand. So right now, I'm just working at this keeping it as it is at least for the time being until the kids are a little bit older and
0: yeah, maybe
1: of, the future, I would expand.
0: One of the, um, one of a gentleman from Texas, I spoke to a few weeks ago, um, he had a good analogy and he was talking about, you know, anytime you think about expanding your business, you've got to, to really um, think about what you're, what you're doing here and what you're doing is you're trading time for money.
1: Yes. And that, is it, is it, it worth it? They said it well.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yep. And, and I had never thought of it like that, but I thought that was a great piece of advice um, because it's, it's absolutely true. And, and it's hard to get balanced when you keep trying to get bigger, right? It's.
1: That it is. It is. Yeah. Uh, you know, it is. Especially if you have young kids, you know, and you don't, you do not want to trade your kids time for more money because, as, you know, I'm sure. Yeah. If you give as much money as you can to my three year old, he's not gonna care about it. He, he no. just wants to hang out. With, you know, me yeah. and his brother and mom.
0: Yeah, exactly. He wants wants his daddy. Yeah. Wants dad to be home. So that's true. So um, just to kind of get head toward. Toward wrapping up, um, you know, our conversation. You shared a lot of ideas already, and and your experience, and and, that, and that's the key thing to share. And, and I think it's inspiring for our audience to to talk to someone who's gone from hostess to owner. Uh, you know, and and I've i talked to folks who started in the dish sink, you know, and and moved up from there as well. And, and no matter where you start, it's always inspiring for people to to grow and get better and, and find success. But I'm, I'm just thinking of some of our viewers who are maybe thinking about starting or, or opening up a, a new restaurant. Is there anything that you might would tell them if they came to you and said, should I do this? You know, is, is this something I'm, I want to do? And if so, uh, what advice would you give me?
1: I mean, I would encourage, obviously, I, I have had friends like come with that idea and I would encourage anyone to do it. It's just,
0: there is freedom
1: that comes with it. And uh, there is a lot of responsibility. So the main thing that they should be aware of, which some people kind of underplay it is like the first couple years, three years, you got to be prepared to work, open to close. And even after that, you got to stay late. Just make sure that, you know, you understand what happened throughout the day, what could be changed, work on the menu, different items, you know, mm-hmm. pricing. And just the fact that, you know, if you don't understand something it's, dif- it's difficult to like kind of relate to somebody else to do it. So right. um, is, and you know I've had a couple people that you know there were two brothers that started the place. They actually came from Albania and they started a crapery which you know it takes is um like you cannot train a lot of people to open a crate. So I I'm like hey buddy, you know this is a great idea. It's gonna I'm pretty sure it's gonna go well, but you just got to be prepared that you know, you're going to be open to close seven days a week, you're going to be there. It's like, oh, yeah, I can handle that. That's no problem. Like six months in, it's like, man, I'm worn out. I'm like, yes, <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. So,
0: yeah, yeah. I, it, it, that, and it, that it, it, seems
1: to be the, yes.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry, sorry go ahead. No, I was just no, going to go. say, say at my age, I get worn out in 30 days of working that hard. <laughs> it doesn't take six months.
1: Yeah, no, you can, yes. Yeah. I mean, sometimes... I you yeah it's like usually at least for me the first three months were kind of the toughest because you're just getting used to something new when you just yeah you know it, sometimes you forget that you're just gonna go in and just be in this place for you know twelve hours well then and after uh, three six months you get used to it and I guess it just it gets, you just it. keep it just
0: becomes normal
1: right. You just,
0: you you feel normal when you feel like a zombie. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) that's true. (laughs) Kind of like having young kids too, right? Yes,
1: you'd spend quite a bit of night sleepless and you just get used to it. And then you just forget what it's like to get a full night of sleep.
0: Yes, you do. And um, for all you guys that are on the fence or thinking about getting, you know, getting your business started, uh, I I love that advice and, you know, just, just realize you got to... that you're going to work and uh if you're going to make it work especially a restaurant restaurants are extremely difficult um especially on the startup side and um the work the the reward is there but the work is is going to be hard long hours and um you'll get to the money but maybe not in the first year no no that's true that's
1: true and you know i'm giving this advice because i feel like i've seen other businesses start but you know there are other restaurants that put, you know, a few million dollars, those people, they don't need to be there right. uh, all the time. I'm talking about, you know, somebody like me that, you know, you're starting with a very limited capital and you just don't have, you don't have the investment to pay a full-time manager or general manager right away, yeah. which it, it's going to take some work.
0: Yeah, and that, that's great advice because many people think they can jump in the restaurant business and then just hire somebody to run it, and um, that's not necessarily, even if you have plenty of money, that's not always the best, that's, the best way to start. That's, yes,
1: that's true, and sometimes it's just, you know, just finding the right person, that's also, like, you just need to be there yourself to see yeah. what, at least, like, what you need to learn or what you need to teach the person that's Going
0: to do the job, yeah. And and our audience, Bess, is is kind of like it's kind of like you. It's made up of of um, you know we we've, we've got we've got some large you know some restaurant group listeners and uh, some of the larger um, multi location folks that that we talk to and that listen to the show. But uh, probably the larger majority are independent uh, restaurant owners with you know a single location that that they're the owner chef, the owner operator, the owner. Yeah. Uh, Mopper, dishwasher, and everything else, and um, and I think that's the reality. And and like you said, and somebody else shared a couple of weeks ago that you know not being undercapitalized is the reason so many restaurants tend to fail to begin with. So their advice on on startup was just you know have enough money to make it a while. (laughs) You know before you do it,
1: you can run out of money quick if you know if uh, if business isn't right. Yeah, that's that's uh that's you said it right i'm just i'm i'm curious to know about uh well you did mention some some ways that different restaurants are dealing with right now when it comes to you know shortage of uh employees so you said some places are cutting hours some places are closing uh is that just like kind of curious what majority of places are doing to deal with you know with uh you know circumstances
0: you know it's it's This is not um, official information, but from, but over the last, especially four weeks, I've done a whole lot of of interviews uh, and talked with a lot of owners and, and the majority, you know, 70, 80% are, um, are dealing, you know, or have dealt with, with the staffing issue by cutting hours or cutting days. Um, Okay. That is, that has been the, 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 you know, the two biggest things that that I've heard as what we've done differently and as a result of not having the staff, you know, and uh, some people have cut out, you know, if they're a lunch dinner, you know, maybe they're cutting out lunch on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and, and okay. kind of just doing lunch and dinner Thursday through Sunday or Thursday through yeah. Saturday. Um, so, you know, and because, you know, you can't if you've got eight employees, you know, eight front of the house people for example, and that's how you can seem to get, you know, you, you no matter how you break up those shifts, you know, you can't work them 80 hours a week necessarily. So, no, yes. so the only way to make it work is to cut out that, you know, cut out hours. And, um,
1: yeah, that makes
0: so sense. sense. <laughs> that's, that's what we're seeing because, you know, recruiting and retention is, is just the, the retention part is critical. You got to make sure the people that you do have are happy and that you're doing everything yeah. you can for them. Um, you know, I've heard some people talk about um, you know moving toward a, like a profit sharing kind of thing for valued employees. Uh, okay. Uh, you know, some have. You know, some some owners have have gone as far as not. It's not like an, an instant kind of thing, but they they uh, especially the ones in the franchise business. Um, there's been several who who you know made it an option. That, you know, if you're with us for, you know, seven years or six years or however long that we will help you get your own franchise, you know, and, okay. and kind of reduce the cost of the franchise or maybe reduce the royalties or help people kind of get into, you know, have a future if they stay.
1: Okay. Huh. Um, that's
0: interesting. So just, you know, just different things like that. And you've got to obviously have the capital to be able to help somebody, that's- you know, put somebody in it. So that's not for everybody. Yes. But, you know, because you can't just raise raise pay. You know, I mean it'd be nice to say, hey, I'll just give all of you thirty dollars an hour, you know, or,
1: yeah, or whatever.
0: you can't do it. Yeah,
1: so yeah, like speaking about that, that that was I was also curious, like clearly you, you talk to many restaurant owners who's dealing with shortage of employees that you know eventually the ones that stay or the ones that look at for different jobs, they require more pay. Yeah. So is that something that other restaurant owners are talking about, about, you know, increasing, uh, pay or
0: for the, for the most, well, for the most part, not very few of the ones I talked to are, are looking at pay increases. Okay. Um, Yeah. Because there's just no margin there. You know, you've, you're already, you're already working on such low margins that you're going to have to pass that on, uh, pass that on to your, your customer, which, You've already got food cost issues and you've got staffing costs going up. You know, you can't have everything go up without a significant change in your pricing. So, you know, it's nobody's had a full perfect solution yet to the staffing <laughs> yeah. staffing piece. I mean, it's, you know, doing different things, but just making sure that you're engaged with your employees and they're happy. And they're making good li- a good living. Uh, you know, one of the things in the industry is talking about is, is disparity between back back of the house, and front of the house, pay. Um,
1: yes, there, there is quite a bit of
0: it. Yeah. So, you know, then there's the whole thing. You, you've got some places in the country or some businesses that have gone to this no tip, uh, you know, this service who work on salary as opposed to, to being tipped. So how
1: uh, do they, so that's very interesting. So how do they, so I. They pay well, the server salary, but do customers leave, do the customers no, are customers allowed to leave a tip? They're no, not.
0: no, customers aren't aren't allowed to leave a tip and they and they're typically not offering to because the, the way that the business owners having to pay for that is to significantly raise food prices.
1: At least 20%. Yeah.
0: their food prices are, are quite a bit higher to compensate for that, but you know it okay. it it enables them to, to get the you know, to, to pay an equal paid for front and back of the house kind of people or, or kind of jobs. Um, and, and they just eliminate the whole, the whole tip piece altogether because, you know, and, you know, customers don't necessarily want to have to pay tips, which sometimes customers think of as wages, you know, they're paying the right wages yeah. for the restaurant. Yeah. Um, but again, if you want to keep your food prices where they are, you know, you, you can't do that. So it's, it, it, you know that's a big that's a big swing when you start talking about taking the tips out of the business and um, it is and paying servers and you know benefits and all that stuff are, are options but most independent owners operators like yourself you know my business you know I've got uh, there's three of us and I can't afford benefits for people Um yeah so it's it's that's just how it is you know you've there's there's not a great solution yet, but we hope if anybody comes up with one and they share it on our show, we're gonna we're gonna do really well.
1: Yes, <laughs> that's well we were just waiting for the right person with the right solution. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Servers. I'm just curious, you know, I'm pretty sure if I would ask my servers and told them that, hey, let's move, you know, out of the let's not do tipping anymore. I'll just pay you a wage. I don't think they would be happy. I'm just no. curious to know, I'm curious to know how those servers, those places are handling it.
0: Yeah. Or it, it, what well,
1: is the quality of service? I'm like what's the engagement of servers with the table?
0: Yeah, I, I would encourage you to, um, most of the information I've gotten on, on people that are doing that, have come from stories I've read um, okay. you know, in different places. If you go in Google, you know, that that topic, You'll uh, you'll start to see, and you'll see some example restaurants and some interviews and articles and all that kind of stuff on how they're dealing with it. Because I'm not an expert by any means in it. I just know that it's a trend that there's a lot of conversation about huh. that. Yeah, um,
1: well, it would be interesting. I'm sure you can find you can find a person that the industry and uh, interview them. Um, would I'm sure?
0: Yeah, would be
1: something very interesting for a lot of restaurant owners to hear about. To hear Actually, about, you know, that is perspective.
0: That is a tremendously, tremendous idea. I'm going to work on that. That, that is be a great really idea.
1: To know, to know like, the perspective of the servers, also the, you know, the restaurant owners who have moved there, but also you know, when, it, when it comes down to, if you don't have happy employees, then you're going to struggle. That,
0: yeah. Well, That's it's, you know, the, my understanding. From from what I've read, it's the you know the consistency of earnings. You know, if if they know they're going to work an eight hour shift and they're going to make you know twenty bucks an hour or whatever, that you know they get a consistent paycheck. Downside, more paycheck may be taxed because it's less of its you know it's not you don't have the cash tip issue you know thing going on, which the government would love, yes. but yeah. not not, <laughs> not good for the employee. Um, yes, so they get, they get that consistency and and you know. It, from what I can tell, you've got to kind of figure out where that number is so that it's, uh, you know, it's consistent with what they would have made as a tipped employee. Um, so, you know, if they're taking I on- speaking... Yeah, go ahead, I'm sorry.
1: No, I was just gonna say, like speaking about my employees, the servers, they constantly do make over $20 an hour. Yeah, like...
0: and, and, and you'd have to, you would have to pay that salary in whatever that range is to keep them. Uh, because yeah, yeah, they would, they yeah, would definitely, definitely not be happy. No,
1: no, I know. Uh, yeah. I don't think customers wouldn't be happy either, because you're just removing the customers' freedom from, you know, deciding to give fifteen dollars or fifteen percent tip, twenty percent tip. like you said, eventually you have to increase the prices. At, yeah, at least the amount of you know if the average is eighteen dollars or eighteen percent in tip, then you got to increase your prices by eighteen percent, which. Not gonna make customers happy or employees, but mm-hmm. uh, like you said, I'll probably try to find out more and see how it's working for those places.
0: Yeah, and, and I'll look I'll look for someone to get on the show and see if we can't get the the bird's eye comments from somebody that's actually yes. implemented that uh, to see yeah, how to see how it's working. But yeah, that's that's one of the trends out there in the in the industry. But I appreciate you uh, so much, best for for coming on and, and thank sharing. Sharing your experience and your thoughts and, and ideas and advice and um, just to to have a chance to meet you and, and have a great conversation, you know, I think the information that you shared and the the experiences has it will definitely be helpful to our listeners, and I'm sure they'll they'll be uh, enjoying you know some of the ideas that you that you brought forward, and um, and I especially enjoyed it, and I appreciate you taking time to be on on here today. So thank you,
1: thank you, Jeff, thank you. I'm uh, I'm really happy I was part of it though know, as I said. I learned some new stuff myself. Which
0: yeah, well, it's is, uh, it's always good. We always have to learn, right?
1: Yes, and I hope somebody gets you know learns something from from my perspective.
0: Yeah, well, and and we hope that uh, that that's the case as well. And anybody in in uh, your area that again hadn't been to Florios, get down there and uh, enjoy a meal. Uh, get some of that good good pasta. If you're <laughs> yeah. a car, if you're a car person like me. You'll be uh, happy, happy as you can be to, uh, to uh, be yeah. at Florio's. Thank you, everybody, uh, for joining us on the Local Leaders Podcast. I'm Jeff Johnson again, and thank you for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you at our next episode. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Local Leaders Podcast. You can find us at www.jeffzpodcast.com or jeffzjohnson.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Thanks again for listening, and be sure to come back every Monday and Wednesday for our next episode.